Good morning, it's April 14th, and this is To My Liberal Friends. Years ago, when I was working in the U.S. Senate, former Senator Russell Long, a Democrat from Louisiana, strolled into the Republican cloakroom. We were all a bit stunned, and someone said to him, you might be in the wrong room, Senator. Long just laughed and said he was hiding out. He was the chairman of the Senate Finance Committee at the time. They were in the process of writing a new tax bill. Senator Long said his colleagues on his side of the aisle were cornering him about what he should include in the bill. He summed it up by saying, they all said something like this, quote, don't tax him, don't tax me, tax that man behind the tree, end quote. In other words, everyone wanted someone else to be taxed, not their pet industries or constituents. Today, we're in a similar situation when it comes to cutting spending as our national deficit and debt continue to spiral out of control. And one of the key issues on the table remains Social Security and Medicare. These are two cornerstones of retirement policy in our country, and nothing motivates senior citizen voters more than any discussion of cutting their benefits. They've always been referred to as the third rail of politics, and touching them would be immediate political suicide. And for that reason, every politician wants to assure senior citizens that they're going to defend Social Security and Medicare, and that their opponents are going to be the ones that cut the programs. Over and over, we hear Joe Biden and his fellow Democrats say that Republicans want to cut Social Security. The Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, immediately rebuts that claim by stating that both Social Security and Medicare are off the table in talks about how to reduce the deficit. Now, as we move towards the 2024 presidential campaign, the issue's front and center. The two leading candidates, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, want seniors to know that they're all in defending their programs. Last month, Joe Biden said, and I quote, I guarantee you I will protect Social Security and Medicare without any change. Guaranteed, end quote. He then suggested any of his Republican opponents will surely cut benefits. Donald Trump, not to be outdone, has said, and I quote, I will do everything within my power not to touch Social Security, to leave it the way it is, end quote. But of course, both of them ignore the facts and just prattle on about how they will not touch the programs because they're afraid to touch that third rail. Their pledge to protect the program and not allow for any changes is great political banner, but it's not the law. The law, without any changes, will require huge benefit cuts in 10 years, and funny how you don't hear any politicians, not Biden, not Trump, not Schumer, not McCarthy, mention that basic fact. And earlier in his career, Joe Biden was an advocate of cutting Social Security. He called for cuts in 1984, and in 1995, Biden told his Senate colleagues, quote, when I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans benefits. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice. I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time, end quote. So Biden has not always been the great defender of Social Security. And according to the latest annual report from the Social Security and Medicare Boards of Trustees, the Old Age and Survivors Insurance Trust Fund, from which the current levels of Social Security benefits are drawn, will be able to issue payments to retirees only until 2034. But the trustees might have been overly optimistic. They projected much lower inflation levels, 4.5% in 2022 and 2.3% in 2023, instead of the record high rates that occurred. Since Social Security benefits are automatically increased for inflation, the trust fund will run out of money sooner, probably around 2032. Thus, consequences of leaving Social Security without any changes, as promised by Biden and Trump, are dire. 
10 years from now, benefit cuts of 23% will be triggered if there's no change to Social Security, and that's according to most expert analysts. What all these politicians are doing is what we used to call in basketball a four-corner offense. Basketball fans might remember Phil Ford, the amazing guard from North Carolina Tar Heels, who could dribble out the clock. The coach of the Tar Heels, Dean Smith, knew that once he had a five-point lead and the clock was under five minutes, Ford could simply keep dribbling while cutting and weaving, thus ending the game. Fouling Ford was futile because he was an 80%-plus free throw shooter. Well, college basketball corrected this by installing a shot clock. But today, politicians don't want to have these to address the problems of these programs because it might hurt their chances of election. So they just wait it out and pass the buck to the next generation of members of Congress. But the clock is running, and we're running out of time. Now, I've addressed this issue several times in the past, and I think it bears repeating. Any changes to the program have to be bipartisan to keep the other side from weaponizing against one party. Both Democrats and Republicans have to come up with a solution. And I've outlined a framework for a solution, and here it is. When the Social Security Act was written in 1935, the median death age in the United States was about 65 years. It's now north of 76. The facts are that we live and work longer. With that in mind, I would change the ages within Social Security. Currently, you can receive benefits beginning at age 72, I'm sorry, 62, and if you wait until age 70, you receive your maximum benefit. It's about 8% more each year that you wait. I would change those ages to 65 and 72 and phase them in over 8 to 10 years. That would mean retirees might have to work one, two, maybe three months more each year to attain those ages. Of course, Democrats would immediately scream that you're making people work longer. They ignore the fact that people are working longer by choice. And since this has to be bipartisan, I will now turn to the Republicans. This year, you will pay FICA, what funds Medicare and Social Security, on the first $160,200 you earn. I would increase that immediately to $250,000 and keep it indexed. Republicans will be outraged and claim that's a tax increase, but it would only be an increase for those earning over $160,000 per year. By adopting these two changes, you would have less money going out and more money coming in, and it would help to stabilize Social Security. By default, it would also increase the amount of money coming in for Medicare. Now, this is just a basic framework, and I'm sure there's a lot more detail that would have to be added. But the next time you hear a politician talk about Social Security and Medicare, the question you should be asking is, what is your solution? Don't let them tell you they're not going to cut your benefits because the law is going to force benefits to be cut. Make them tell you what they believe should be done to fix the problem. Of course, they don't want to talk about that because they're all swore not to change the program. And anyone that sticks to that mantra is telling you that they're not smart enough to be in Congress because they don't really understand the problems facing our retirement programs. This has been To My Liberal Friends. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, hit the subscribe button and recommend it to your friends.